Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Everybody, Sports Daily, a Tuesday edition of the program, 869-1240. Always want to give you the opportunity to get in touch with the program. I'm Jacob Albrocht alongside Tommy Caster, Chad Chambers producing, and we are ready to roll on a KU game night. A uh, lot of other stories we want to get to. We'll preview the Jayhawks tonight. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the latest in the Dan Snyder saga. It takes a very interesting turn trouble in the ACC. Boy, it's not like we just talked about this yesterday uh, that this was coming, but we get some unease over on the Atlantic coast. We'll talk about all those things. That's what's on tap on the program today. Uh, happy to be here with you. You can get in touch with us on social media. Tommy, how are you this morning? I'm good. Looking forward to senior night tonight for the Jayhawks inside Allen Fieldhouse. Taking on Texas Tech, we know how desperate this Texas Tech team is. Uh, so it's going to be a fun night tonight. Senior night inside Allen Fieldhouse is always a blast. So looking forward to getting into all of that today. Sounds like Dewan Harris is fine, uh, according to reports yesterday. So that's certainly good news for the Jayhawks. Uh, I think most people know now that they're 21-0 when he reaches double digits in scoring. Continues to be such an integral part of what might be the best team in the country. Uh, so we will get into all of that as we make our way through, Tommy. But we begin with some news from your other world and the Wichita Thunder. Exciting things uh, happening here. And we'll have a couple of different things for you today. But here off the top, what can you tell us? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, happening on Saturday, March 18th. Uh, we're looking forward to having Chiefs legend and Chiefs Hall of Famer Christian Okoye uh, in Wichita, the Nigerian nightmare played for the Chiefs back in the 80s and early 90s. He will be in Wichita at the Wichita Thunder game as we celebrate the world champions. Uh, a kind of a cool tie-in that the Wichita Thunder, they play the Kansas City Mavericks, who are owned by Lamar Hunt Jr., uh, so part of the Hunt family. And so they'll be in town, uh, going to celebrate the world champs on uh, March 18th. So that'll be a lot of fun. March 18th, Christian Okoye, Chiefs fans. Uh, so, Tommy, that's pretty cool. So what will he be doing? Like, what what is the interaction going to be like? Yeah, so we've got a couple different things planned for him. He's going to drop the ceremonial puck, so you'll be able to, to see him at the beginning of the game. Uh, he'll participate in some halftime contests with some fans. Then after the game, we've got a pretty special meet and greet that you can purchase where you can bring items to have him sign and get a picture with him. Uh, and then the, I think the other really neat thing about it, and we're still finalizing all the details on this, but uh, there's going to be a, a charitable aspect of all of this too. Uh, Christian Okoye was uh, kind of, uh, when he grew up, he, he didn't have a lot of money. His family didn't have much money. And so the one gift that he got every year was a pair of shoes. And so he likes to pay that forward and give shoes to kids who are in need. So we're going to do a shoe drive uh, with Christian at the game. So we'll have more details on that to come and who that will all benefit and all of that a little bit later on. But it's going to be fun, but also uh, we want to give back a little bit too in that appearance. That's always uh, very cool. Uh, we're looking forward to that. We'll certainly have more information and details and maybe opportunities to get there for you as we make our way through to March 18th. But again, 
Uh, Christian Okoye will be a part of the Wichita Thunder game on March 18th. That's a Saturday game. Should be a great time there at Interest Bank Arena. More on that to come. We'll have other uh, hockey news coming for you um, that we will. Are we breaking this at the top of the hour, Tommy? We are. That's the plan. We will shatter it. We will destroy this news <laughs> at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. So uh, stay tuned for that. It's not, not just a hockey thing, but a, a cool sports thing for Wichita. So we'll get into that uh, in just a little bit as well. You know, we, we were talking about Christian Okoye, Tommy, and I got sent this a couple different times. Alex Smith, there's this meme, or not a meme, but like a, a graphic of Alex Smith signing as the Chiefs quarterbacks coach. And it's one of those, it's fake, by the way. Um, but it's one of those where you see it and you're just like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. How perfect is this? And so you just like want to believe it, which makes it a good fake out, right, on social media. But also like, man, that would have been awesome. Uh, basically saying Alex Smith's going to be the quarterback's coach. It's fake. Uh, if you saw that going around, it's not true. Not true. How, uh, how careful do you have to be in your Very. world and your job on fake things like that? Very. Um, and... I, you know, there's a part of me, it's like twofold because I love like the good fake out and a joke and like all of these things are like all of my favorite things. But at the same time in, you know, the world that I live, man, you have to be so careful with this kind of stuff because, you know, it, it's like, did you see the Manti Teo document? It's like, why would oh, yeah. somebody, why would somebody do that? Uh, yeah. sometimes. And so you really have to be careful. And like that one, we were texting back and forth this morning. I, you know, somebody sent it and I saw it and I was like, Oh, it's a really cool story. And then I went along with my mornings, which are always crazy getting kids to school and doing everything else. And then when I text you and you're like, wait, what story? I was like, Oh, I bet that was fake. <laughs> and so I went and looked and I was like, yep, there it is. Adam. I think it said Adam Shetfer reporting oh, or something yeah. like that. Uh, the so famed was... NFL insider, Adam Shetfer. Uh, but uh, Alex Smith is not the Chiefs quarterback coach. Good idea, though, uh, Chiefs. But I think Alex Smith is probably relatively content. I wonder um, why Alex Smith isn't I, – I think as as guys – we talked about people that would be good in the booth and analysts, and I think he's sort of delving into broadcasting a little bit. I think he'd be good in the booth. Um, he was always really, really, really smart and really, really, really good with the media in his availability and his talking and all that stuff. Uh, but it was just, it was one of those things that we thought, oh, maybe it'll be true, and it's not. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, Tommy. Interesting stories. This Dan Snyder story, uh, just to sort of lay the groundwork for people and we'll get into it, is it, it sounds like, you know, there's allegations from his former business partners of bank fraud, basically snuck through, according to them, a $55 million loan, uh, kind of just against the company, and they're saying to just, you know, fund his lavish things. That's not the surprising part of that story to me. It's the fact that Roger Goodell had to sign off on this loan. And, it, you know, according to these guys, certainly was not eager to look into it. And and he oversaw mediation and buyouts and all this stuff. It is a hot mess up there. Um, and I don't, man, again, like, there's a part of me that really wants to know what kind of dirt Dan Snyder has on other owners and, and you know, the league. Uh, and there's a part of me that doesn't want to know either. Like, what could he possibly have that they would put up with all his BS for this many years? Like, 
what why on earth would anybody you know if you don't have to like why would you deal with all that and there's probably a really good reason and i highly doubt we'll ever know what it is but i I can't even decide if i want to know what it is uh it's a mess yeah there are allegations that dan snyder used the team as his quote personal piggy bank uh, to fund his lavish lifestyle. He charged the team allegedly $4.5 million to put the team logo on his private jet and called it an advertising fee. <laughs> I work I work in the world of advertising. I have for my entire career. Um, uh, not I don't good ROI. How, yeah, I don't know how a logo on a, on a private plane will uh, do any good in, in advertising for you, but $4.5 million, he charged the team to put that logo on his own jet. Uh, just, I, I get it's What's crazy to me. I mean, there's a lot in there that is, but how do you sneak through a $55 million loan? Well, let's just, I, that just shows a different kind of world that these yeah, billionaires are in. This. Let's yeah. just get into this now. That that's the thing. Like what, what world are the rest of us living in? Right. Where exactly where you just like you and, and I know this as a, you know, now business owner who has gone through the insanely, painful process of trying to get a loan uh not once but twice and even when there's a you know evidence of a successful business model it's it's brutal right to get any sort of loan and to see that you just willy-nilly uh can get 55 mil and according to this report and it's by espn you know the bank asked a lot like for records and you know permission from his partners and apparently never got it and they gave him the money anyway yeah like like, Never oh, even the documents. We'd really like these documents. Now nah, I'm not going to give those to you. Okay, fine. You can have it. <laughs> like, what bank works that way? Give me that banker's information, please. Like, I'd like to deal with that banker. Uh, and I'll stereotype it and say him. Uh, give me that. Give me his information. Like, I want to know who he's doing business with. And but but the reality is, as comical as some of this is to the rest of us, because it's just like, how, how much money do you need? Number one and you know, this different set of rules, nobody's naive enough to not understand that, you know, at that level, these guys play with by a different set of rules. But what, like, the NFL's going to sign off on this? Like, why would the NFL sign off on this? What, I I firmly believe, Tommy, that, like, nobody likes Daniel Snyder. Like, nobody no. likes him, right? Like, he doesn't have real friends. Like, nobody likes him. He's just kind of annoying, and he's got all the money. So like, okay, hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, come on by. Um, But why? Like, you don't have to enable him, do you? Like, why are you enabling him, NFL? That's where it comes back to allegedly all the dirt that Dan Snyder has on everybody, apparently. And we still don't know. We don't know the extent of all of it, and, and we may never know. But I can't imagine that Roger Goodell would have signed off on this uh, because he had to, I mean, he had to literally sign off really on it. he's a really smart guy with on, a legal background. Exactly. There's nothing in my mind that would tell me that he would sign off on this unless he was fearful of Dan Snyder. He clearly has been fearful of Daniel Snyder. Then you read this report that they went through mediation and Roger Goodell was part of that and basically didn't want to hear anything, didn't want to entertain any other ideas other than the minority partners selling their stake back to Dan Snyder. That was the only thing that Roger Goodell was willing to even listen to. He's scared. He's scared of Dan Snyder. He's scared of what Dan Snyder has. And it might not be 
specifically on him himself, but it right. might be enough to damage Scared the reputation the of the league, you yeah. know, and, and and what that might mean to the NFL as a whole. So it's fascinating. Uh, the quicker that this cancer in Dan Snyder can get out of the NFL, the better. I know that he's entertaining offers and, and all of that for teams to buy the, the, the commanders or for people to buy the commanders, but it, it can't happen soon enough. Well, no, but it, I mean, it's not going to be the, the problem for, for the NFL is like, it, it, it's not like there won't be great offers for the commanders. Of course there will be. You know, if it was simple, they could probably get that deal done yesterday. But it's not simple because I don't think Dan Snyder wants to sell. And so he's going to make that process as painful as he can. And it just have to, like, drag everybody along for this ride again. Like, he just – it's just that guy, right? Like, everybody knows that guy. Where, you like, no, nobody – you're like, oh, God, it's Dan. Like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, all right. The best thing, the best thing in this for for me. So I work in in professional sports, you know, every day, and uh, I, I was reading this article, and there was a whole part in there about how a former vice president of I don't know sales and finance or something was talking about how the team kept two sets of books and how they were they were actually like manipulating the numbers so they wouldn't have to pay visiting teams the ticket revenue that they were deserved when they came and played the commanders and different things like that. So there was the books that they showed everybody. And then there were the actual books themselves. And I know like I work in minor league sports, so it's not anywhere close to that. I don't have the time to keep two books. Like it's just, it's like one book. That's all I've got time and the energy and the effort to do. And uh, the fact that there was allegedly a separate set of books to where they were deliberately underpaying people and not like even the minority partners weren't getting their shares of the profits. What did Dan Snyder think was going to happen? Like eventually this was going to come back and bite him and we're in the middle of it right now. I, I don't know. Uh, and, and these are all also really smart people and this thing gets lawyered up and like, I just like what an exhausting world to live in. Like I, I honestly, and, and I think the answer is still, yes, you would, like the burden of, you know, being in that world and, and having that much money. But, man, it seems exhausting. Like, do you ever get to just, like, chill out? Like, all these, you know, lawyers are asking for that. I'm just like, God, that just seems miserable. Like, and do you got to go buy yachts to, like, make it worth it? Like, what are you going to do with more than one yacht? What are you going to do with <laughs> one yacht? Like, what are you going to do with one yacht? I don't. I wouldn't know what to do with two cars. Like, why would I need two cars? I can't drive them both at the same time. What, what are you going to do with a yacht? You're going to drive it around the ocean? I don't you're know. Gonna, I've never... You're going to host lavish parties with Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft and, and the other owners. That's what he did. You know, allegedly but, had, a, had a yacht party with, you know, state-of-the-art and, and delicious class cuisine. Don't be the guy with the boat. Be the guy who has the friend with the boat. Oh, sure. Yeah. Don't be the guy with the yacht. Be the guy who has a friend with a yacht. It's like having a clean pool. up. I don't right. I don't want to clean up that mess, but at least a pool. I I do think you can get like some enjoyment out of having a pool, right? When you're just kind of hanging out at your, by yourself at the house, you can go, you know, lay out by the. But it's fine. Go get in the water. You can't really have fun with a yacht. 
when you're by yourself. Like all you can do is have lavish parties. <laughs> can but you imagine have, Daniel Snyder hanging out on his yacht by himself? Because I nobody actually wants to hang can out with him? because because I think that's a very realistic possibility, right? Like, why would you want the burden of being the yacht guy? Why would you want to be the one with the yacht? Yeah. Then you got to just host all the parties. Like, I'd rather be Daniel Snyder's yes man that's like, all right, well, Dan, look, like, oh, another the, yacht party. I'll be there. He's doing that because he has to host the parties because he's not he getting get invited, invited to any parties, right? Yeah. You know, so he's got to be the one to host them. It's kind of like, you you know, I know people that you know, they want to have the nicest house so they can invite people over because they know they're probably not going to get an invite anyway. My favorite part in this entire article, I'm just going to read this because it just cracks me up. The partners, so the minority partners of, Don, of Dan Snyder, the partners said they discovered Snyder had leased his personal jets back to the team. Besides Snyder paying himself a salary of $10 million a year, he also had arranged for the franchise to pay him a total of $4.5 million for having the team logo emblazoned on his personal jet. An advertising fee, Snyder had called it. I love that. So paying himself $10 million and then another four and a half just for the logo on the jet. Like you can't, you cannot make this stuff up. It's, it's good stuff. And like, I, I just, I, again, like I don't understand like why, like when is enough enough? And maybe as we make our way to that world, we'll know. And we, you know, listen, full disclosure, no offense to people with a yacht here. Like we're not, we're not going after you. If you got a yacht to all our yacht listeners out there, do, we, do you think what? we have a lot of them? Because I'm not so sure that we do. Yeah, I, I, I sure, sure. Um, you know, a lot of yachts that sail around like El Dorado Lake, but right, like it's just what, what? Why would anybody put up with this guy? And and if you're like, if you're in that world, like, why do you need these things? Like, why do you have to have it? Isn't it enough to go? Like, you get to own an NFL team. I, I would think that I don't know. What, what would we put the over-under at? 60, 70, 80% of, you know, sports fans, NFL. Like, that would be the dream job, right? Like, oh, I'd like to own a team. It would be so fun. Like, you get to be a fan. You get to do all these things. You can hire people to make all the difficult decisions. And you get to party up in the box. And, like, I, it's it blows my mind that the NFL has put up with this this dude forever. Because let's think about the other owners, right, that we know a lot about. Say what you want about Jerry Jones, and, and I suppose some people would, would find him, like, obnoxious. But I would I would imagine that Jerry Jones legitimately is the most fun guy in the room, right, when he's around. Like, and, and you know, all, all these, these owners, a lot of them have great personalities and, and are interesting and whatever their faults may be because – Jerry Jones certainly has plenty of them and accusation. But like, he's not, I, I don't see any other owner that I can think of in the, and we're just, just football here that you can just tell kind of sucks, right? Like, ah, uh, this guy, like what, again, back to the original point, what could he possibly have that makes everybody put up with this stuff? A $55 million bank loan that shouldn't have been there. Like, this is a big deal. That's potential bank fraud, right? Like, the, so you're willing to put up with borderline criminal activity from the most annoying person in probably every room he walks into 
Why? You don't have to if you're the NFL. NFL owners, it's like the most exclusive club in the world. There's only 32 of them. Why? I I don't know. And they've got the power to remove him. Um, it sounds like, you know, of course, he's been entertaining offers to buy the team. But it wouldn't surprise me if these allegations, if they continue and, and it comes to light that they're could legitimately be bank fraud here and this 55 million dollar loan from bank of america is you know there are there's red flags all around it the owners can absolutely remove him that's the way that it works and they didn't they haven't up to this point you know they've kind of uh they've treaded very lightly around dan snyder they've tiptoed around him and tiptoed around the entire thing the toxic workplace culture he temporarily stepped down for a while like all of these different things going on They've tiptoed around it long enough. Get rid of him. The sooner the better. It's going to well, be they're better. Trying. I mean, it's it's for the coming. Sport. It's coming. I mean, I think we see this story because these, you know, former partners feel like they're owed some money. So like, well, yeah, here ESPN. Look at this story. Look at all this documentation. Let's get this out in the public. Because if you're you know, if you're the opposing side, the best thing, you know, that could ever happen is you get some attention on it. And if they're no longer right, if they if they were bought out basically what do they care? Like, they don't owe anything to Roger Goodell and the NFL and protecting the brand. They want their money back. 869-1240 is the number to call. Uh, didn't intend to start the show at that, but it, it was an interesting story we we stumbled into this morning. When we come back, we'll preview KU Texas Tech. Get a little college hoops here on Sports Daily. Daily, uh, nine and a half point line. Jacob Albrocht and Tommy Castor with you on this KU game day Tuesday. Second leg of the doubleheader uh, makes it a an 8 p.m. tip tonight that you'll hear right here on KFH. Nine and a half points, Tommy. We saw West Virginia around 10 points, um, and KU didn't cover that. I, I'm, I'm not touching nine and a half tonight. I, I, don't, I don't like no. that at all. No, I don't like that one bit. Um, I, I, it is senior night, so that that does help, I think, a little bit. Um, but with how desperate Texas Tech is right now, they've got to get a high quality win to impress the the folks who are are picking the teams, the committee, and all of that. So they've got to have a, a pretty impressive victory. They've got to be desperate tonight. Uh, I'm staying away from the spread altogether in this game. Yeah, I think I am too. I, I, I might like the over at about 146, and we'll of course look at all the player props and everything. And I just, you know, it's uh, it's hard to guess these games. Like, what Big 12 games do we ever see decided by those margins? Um, by the way, in the Big 12, we had games last night, um, and we had some meaningful outcomes to some degree. We had Baylor get the win despite the loss of their superstar freshman. Um, so that was significant, obviously, to everybody, as it just sort of keeps them, I guess, somewhat in the race, right? And you had Iowa State bounce back. 
Uh, sorry, not bounce back. Iowa State continues to struggle. I mean, West Virginia bounces back after that tough loss to KU. They go get another big road win. And then Iowa State, Tommy, my goodness, Iowa State is reeling right now. They have lost uh, four in a row, five out of their last six. Like it just, it's gotten bad for Iowa State. And, you know, what was once a contender in this league has fallen way down the list. I mean, they're going to finish. Where are they going to finish in the Big 12? Um, as we look at seventh, it, be, sixth, seventh, something like that. Yeah. Like Oklahoma state who lost last night. That was a big win for Baylor, by the way. Um, Oklahoma state has a chance to get ahead of them. It's been, in, it's been kind of just wacky for Iowa state who, who cont- continues to be good in the net. Like they're going to rely a lot on their, you know, early season stuff, but to lose to West Virginia at home, West Virginia yeah, just I, showed us they're capable, I guess, with the way they played with the way they played Kansas. But man. Honestly, it doesn't really surprise me all that much. I, I, I've said it before. I think Iowa State uh, overperformed early in the season. They don't have an outstanding roster from top to bottom. I think it, it shows that TJ Ultzelberger can get the best out of his guys. But I think if you stack up the roster for Iowa State compared to just about any other top-tier team in the Big 12, you're not going to pick Iowa State just from a roster perspective. So I do think that he's been able to get more out of his guys. Um, but I think that they've come back to earth a little bit. Like this is more of kind of what I expected from Iowa State early on. Not that they're a bad team necessarily. They're absolutely a tournament team, right? Uh, but I just, I don't, I never saw them in that top echelon of the Big 12. Now, they fell behind quite a bit in the first half against West Virginia last night and stormed back. They took the lead at one point. They couldn't get it done uh, at the at the very end, but um, they didn't just roll over for West Virginia. But at the end of the day, though, I, I this doesn't really surprise me. I've never really thought Iowa State belonged in the conversation as one of the top teams in the Big 12. Yeah, no, I didn't either, but they kept overperforming. And it was, you know, it was getting to the point where it was hard to ignore it. Like, how do you keep ignoring what they were doing, right? And and it just, yeah. it, 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 but it is, it has unraveled a little bit. I, I root for them because of Caleb Grill. Um, I want them to succeed. I want to, I, and I don't think they're in any danger of not making the tournament, which is really all you care about at this point. But Baylor gets the win and, and West Virginia gets a win maybe on the road that solidifies them. It probably does. Um, to at least get you know eight teams in from the Big 12. And that brings us to Texas Tech. Texas Tech, probably, Tommy, needs the win tonight to get in outside of some miraculous run in the Big 12 tournament, which they are capable of. But they kind of need the win and the toughest place to win against the league's hottest team who, I, I mean, whether whether this is tangible or not, Kansas, just based on what we see in the Big 12, is sort of due for a loss. But, you know, I don't... That I I sort of feel like they got that out of their system against West Virginia, and they ended up winning that game anyway. I don't think it's a great spot for Tech. I don't love the line for KU, but Tech, desperate. They were desperate this weekend. They lost to TCU in a heartbreaker. Had they beat TCU, I think they may have had enough. And now it's like, do they have to really beat Kansas to get in? That might be the case, and that, that that's unfortunate for them because I just don't know if I see it tonight. Well, we've talked about the win streak that KU has had, and that's not easy to do in the Big 12 Conference. But then Texas Tech is a one-point one loss against TCU away from having a five-game winning streak in the Big 12. That one-point loss to TCU over the weekend, that snapped a four-game winning streak. So really what, you're, what we're having tonight, what we see tonight inside Allen Fieldhouse, 
is a matchup of the two hottest teams currently in the Big 12. Doesn't mean that they're the two best teams. Kansas is, and then Texas Tech is farther down the, uh, the ladder. But uh, as far as where they are right now, uh, yeah, Texas Tech is as hot as anybody in the conference. And, uh, you know, they've got Kevin O'Banner, who um, has, I think, played better over the last couple of weeks or so, has stepped up better. Um, and I just think overall the coaching job that Mark Adams has been able to do and getting the team turned around where they could have easily packed it in early on. They didn't do that, and they've moved forward, and, and they look good. Yeah, well, you getting that feedback there, Tommy? Somebody nope. on the on the line? <laughs> I I can hear like a conference phone call right now. This is interesting. Uh, as long as as long as the listeners can't hear that, um, you know, it's it's I, look. Texas Tech is a great story. I really want them to get in because don't they feel like they're the kind of team that if they get in, they're totally like going to the Sweet Sixteen, right? Like they just carry that momentum right on through and and make a run i just i don't know if they're going to be able to get enough like is it enough because let's let's assume that they lose tonight because i i I mean i think beating ku and lawrence right now is is too tall in order but then they go home and they beat oklahoma state and then they get into the big 12 tournament i think in the big 12 tournament there's a reasonable chance they could beat anybody right and so like what, what is it enough? Is it what happens with the Big Twelve in March Madness? I think this year is going to be really, really interesting because you have, and I, I, I think Oklahoma's fallen out of this now, but you've got ten, nine teams right that are capable of being the quality of team the NCAA tournament would boast. Right, like for example, I'll take Texas Tech as as the ninth best team in a league against really any other leagues, I don't know, fifth best team, and and like their chances quite a bit. Um, I, I think that, I don't know that they're going to get nine in, unless, because the, really the question becomes, for them to get nine in, has everybody else done enough for Texas Tech to win the Big 12 tournament and get in? Like, is Oklahoma State and West Virginia, are they, are they secure enough and and I again I think Iowa State is are those teams secure enough that if Tech won the tournament all nine teams would go? I'm not sure, and that's well, dumb I, look, that that's the case. But but I think it might be. Yeah, the the only comparison that you can that you can make, and, and I don't think that it's this is necessarily a fair and all encompassing comparison. But go back to January and go back to the Big Twelve SEC showdown. And you look at all the teams in the conference matched up against all the teams in the SEC. And the teams that we're wondering about in the Big 12 that are on the bubble, they all won in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Oklahoma State beat Ole Miss. Texas Tech beat LSU. West Virginia beat Auburn. Of course, even Oklahoma demolished the number two team in the country at the time, Alabama, by like 25 points. So that's not a a fair comparison overall when we're talking about a body of work for the NCAA tournament. But if you want to compare conferences and you want to compare how the bottom tier teams in the Big 12 are, are doing and could potentially do on a national stage against teams in other conferences, you can point to that as an example that the overall depth of the conference is really good. And I think you can argue based off of that and other factors that there at least should be eight, if not nine teams in the NCAA tournament from the big 12. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think there should be nine. I mean, if you want to make a case against Oklahoma, that's fine. But the the problem is um, there, there are 10 teams in the big 12. 
that are going to be much better than, and I'm not just talking about like auto bid conference winners. I'm talking about teams that are going to get in like, yep. the, you know, I, I, and that's just like the, the team on the floor and look, Oklahoma has fallen hard. And if Oklahoma, Oklahoma's not going to make the NCAA tournament and that's okay. Cause they haven't done enough. They should have done more. Um, and, and it's kind of getting, I don't know if it's getting uneasy with Porter Mosier there, but they've underperformed again this year. Um, Texas Tech is is fringy, right? Because Texas Tech's losses have all been really close for the most part. Uh, they got hot. They're doing all these things. Are they going to have enough to be able to go get it? Oklahoma State's sort of in the same boat. And what will get really interesting is Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, right, when they play in that finale, is that sort of like, is there a world where that's that's a sort of play-in game? You know, a, a resume puncher, if those two teams are even, and they probably will be, but if those two teams are are very even there down the stretch, as you're evaluating that going in, could that be a play-in game? I mean, maybe, because that's be. the only game left for Oklahoma State because uh, they lost to Baylor last night. And Texas Tech, let's, you know, well, if, if Texas Tech beats Kansas, they'll probably jump Oklahoma State, but... Let's assume that they won't, and it, and it won't be held against them at all because it's you know as high a quality loss as you can have. Then, I mean, at that point, if you're the committee, are you just like, well, let's just see whoever wins that game, yeah, can make it in. Some of it, some of it's going to come down to the Big Twelve tournament, though. And you know, if you're if you're any of those teams, if you are Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and you're on the bubble and you're trying to do everything that you can to impress the committee and get in, you absolutely cannot have a first round exit in the big 12 tournament. Uh, Like that's like, for example, that, that last regular season game, Texas tech and Oklahoma state. If let's just say Texas tech wins and then they get bounced in the first game of the big 12 tournament, that's not going to look great for the committee. So you, you, you're going to want to do more work in that tournament too, to solidify your place in the tournament, as opposed to, you know, in the case of Texas tech and Oklahoma state, trying to win that regular season finale and thinking that you're safe regardless of what happens after that. So if if it plays out, you know, now if Kansas State wins this week, they'll they'll go move back ahead of Baylor who's got a half game lead cuz they played first. It would be like Tech Baylor uh and Oklahoma State playing Iowa State. I mean those are definitely games like I <laughs> It's going to be interesting, and and Tech tonight is desperate. I mean, the reason we talk so much about Tech right now is just because they're so desperate, and it is a little bit of a dangerous spot for K State uh, for KU, because I think the best Texas Tech is better than the best West Virginia, right? So can the best Texas Tech finish the job that West Virginia couldn't finish? I I don't know, I don't know. It it is a game though that has intrigue, and we both agree. Nine and a half points kind of stinks. We don't like that at all. We'll come back. We'll wrap up our number one on Sports Daily after this. Back in, everybody. Sports Daily, wrapping up hour number one here. Got a special interview coming up for you at the top of the hour. Uh, we will let that 
uh, break itself as we get into that. As we wrap up this hour, Tommy, uh, another little NFL storyline has to do with Washington Commanders, has nothing to do with Dan Snyder. But they released Carson Wentz, uh, which is interesting, only because now Eric Bieniemy is there. Eric Bieniemy picked his spot, uh, basically, to try and, what we assume, sort of get out of the Andy Reid shadow a little bit. And one of the big questions we had with that move was what what is he going to do at quarterback? Like, what's he going to have to work with at quarterback? It won't be Carson Wentz. Will it be Taylor Heineke? Washington has a pretty good roster. They've got some good receivers. Uh, they have, uh, you know, a talented backfield. They've got a decent line. They, they had what we thought was going to be a really good defense, probably underperformed a little bit, but... Maybe there's some regression to the good side on that. Washington's got a good roster, but they, the, the quarterback question, they're one of those teams that's pretty good everywhere else, and it just makes you wonder, like, what can they do in the short term? And and, and again, like, what can Eric Bieniemy do as he's trying to, you know, make this stamp with what at quarterback, you know? Like, what are they going to do here? Because we don't hear them right now rumored with, uh, Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or any number of things. Are they a team that moves up? Was some of why they wanted to bring Eric Bieniemy in because they have the intention to move up and take a young quarterback and let him work with Bieniemy, who worked with Mahomes for so long? Like I don't know, but it you know it's the biggest piece to this Bieniemy thing from you know the Bieniemy perspective. What does this look like for him? Don't you think it's about time for the Commanders? to look at a long-term solution at quarterback, like I drafting do. drafting a young quarterback, developing that quarterback, being a franchise quarterback for the team. It's been a long time. Like, I can't Since think Robert of the last Griffin, time. Since Robert Griffin, right? Like, when was yeah, the last time? Yeah, pretty much. Um, that was I, probably the last time that the Commanders went and did that. I mean, since that time, it's been a lot of stopgaps, you know, and, and guys like Kirk Cousins and Case Keenum and well, they you know, should have never got let Carson Kirk Wentz Cousins and go. Alex Smith and like just a lot of guys that have come in for a short period of time. There hasn't been a lot of consistency. I think it's past due for them to try to develop a long-term quarterback. They, they, they shouldn't have let Kirk Cousins go. That yeah. was the mistake, right? That was the mistake that they made. So since let's go back to, let's go back to about the last, you know, 20 years they took Patrick Ramsey in the first round in 2002. No, obviously didn't work out. Jason Campbell in 2005, eh, okay, you know, di- didn't eh. work out, but he wasn't awful, right? Uh, RG3, who pre-injury was really good, didn't work out. Dwayne Haskins didn't work out, and that's it. So, yeah, it, it is about time, I think, because they have, you know, they have other guys, I think, that people are – really excited about roster wise like I, I you know I don't know that they're that far off from the Giants or you know where we would have put the Eagles before last year I'm not saying they're as good as the Eagles but you know they feel like they're a couple moves like that away from finding it but they they have this elephant in the room and I just don't know why we're not hearing more like Derek Carr type rumors because I do think with a good quarterback they're a playoff caliber team um, or at least can be, it, it kind of makes me think they're going to be a sneaky player in this, getting up and and getting, a, a, you know, a, a draft, a high draft pick and taking one of these guys. And maybe even as we hear the Bears are interested in, you know, um, 
are interested in trading that pick, maybe maybe the Commanders are one of those teams. You know, maybe they are a team that moves up, right? Where do they even pick in the first round right now? Um, it's not a high. Do they even have a first round pick this year? I think they traded um, their first round pick, didn't they? Yeah, who would? Uh, t- so they're going to have to go find it out of. Um, they're going to go find it out of somewhere. Let's see. They have a. They have a. Uh, they own six picks, their original picks. Okay, I think they have sixteen. Uh, I just didn't see them in a mock. Um, so I think they, maybe they have pick sixteen here. Either way, like, I, I think I'm with you. I I think it's time. Yeah, mock trade. Okay, so they have sixteen. If you've got the 16th, and you're probably – how high are you going to have to move up? You know, you probably have to move up to number one to take Bryce Young, I would think. Um, so if you've got to move up to – if you like him, if you like, you know, Anthony Richardson in that conversation, Will Levis and, and C.J. Stroud. Those are the first. got to move up to at least four if you're Washington. So, it's you know, it's going to be a hefty price either way. I don't know. I, I mean, I, yeah. I they got to do something. I just think they've tried to temporarily take care of the quarterback position for far too long. And I think we all could have seen a mile away. It wasn't going to work with Carson Wentz. Um, I think it's time that they go young, try to develop somebody and see if they get it right this time. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. Big announcement. Hockey fans, uh, sports fans in Wichita will make it right here. Tommy will break that news for us. We'll have an interview for you related to it when we return on Sports Daily. Thank you.